Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. Hallelujah. And you know what? We're helping you turn cities upside down. What do we mean by that? Well, (laughs) everybody's living in an inversion. Actually, everything's kind of perverted because the God of this world, but the gospel, the truth of his words, what's it do? It rights wrongs. So we're actually helping people flip right side up. Uh, You ever hung upside down for any period of time? It's kind of disorienting. So we're flipping, help to flip, not us. I mean, it's the power of his words. It's Christ in us. It's the truth of the gospel, the power that's in those words. I'm telling you, it's just changing people's lives, changing their physical bodies. It's helping them. It's healing them. It's bringing them out of bondages. It's opening up, illuminating uh, their understanding where they see the traps set for them. Hallelujah. Oh, it's amazing, friends. Thank you for joining us in that mission and that work right there. Hallelujah. So if this podcast has blessed you, encouraged you, strengthened you, helped you in any way, helped you turn some things, get some light, some understanding on some things, well, then share it with somebody because we think it might help them too. Hallelujah. All right, let's jump in. Let's pick up on a thought we've been in. Wow, which, I don't know. uh, I don't remember. Is this part three, part four, part five, somewhere like that? We've been talking about the blessed hope. And uh, we're going to go a little bit further here. Let's recap slightly from last week. Romans chapter 8. So we're talking about the blessed hope. We see something right here connected with this blessed hope. The blessed hope has several elements to it. Number one, it refers to our harpazo, our rapture. That's right, the rapture of the church. Someone says, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, it's it's translated into Latin, uh, rapturo and then into English as rapture, but it's based on the Greek word harpazo. It's, it's a, a catching away, a being caught up, a being snatched. And the Bible talks about that he will gather us unto himself. Of course, in Thessalonians, the departure of the church is what triggers. It's what peels back the curtain that's restraining the Antichrist. And so several things are happening simultaneously simultaneously here, but that's our blessed hope, our rapture, okay? Then part of that blessed hope is seeing him as he is. That's probably the first thing, really, because the Bible says we went over this, that we, we're just seeing him through his word, but then, hallelujah, now we're seeing him through his word, but then, remember, the Bible says, but then we shall see him as he is. That's part of the blessed hope. We're going to look in his eyes. Hallelujah. We're going to see him face to face. No more looking at him dimly as in a mirror. The Bible says that's how we're beholding him now. But then we're going to see him face to face. That's part of the blessed hope. The other part of the blessed hope that we're going to look at in a little more, uh, look at strictly today, excuse me, fumbling over my words, um, is this transforming of our physical body. See, we have a down payment. The inward man, the born-again spirit, knows more, uh, knows immortality right now. But part of this blessed hope 
is we're going to be delivered out of this body of mortality. All right, Romans chapter 8. Let's go over this again. And uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. In my notes, I start at verse 18. Let me turn there in my Bible. I think we're going to back up. I think it's to 16. Romans 8, verse, let's see here, where's it at? Uh, Yeah, let's back up to verse 16. For the Spirit himself, okay, this was referring to Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, we've found out in the book of John that we are children of God now. Okay, the world may look upon you in your mortality and say, who do you think you are? You're not a child of God. But see, the Holy Spirit's bearing witness internally uh, that we are children, actually. Inside, we've been glorified with him via the Spirit. But externally, uh, not yet. This is a part of the blessed hope, a hope that we... um, Uh, a hope by which we posture ourselves, anticipating living a certain way until the manifestation of that hope. But it says, spirit bears witness, we are children. Then in 17, if children, then heirs. Well, if heirs, then joint heirs. And then if we suffer with Christ, he says, then we will be glorified together. All right, now, this glorification, as we're going to see, is connected with the revealing. Um, We're going to be glorified together. Now, there is, um, this is ultimately uh, going to happen at the second coming of Christ Jesus because the Bible says, as prophesied Zechariah, for example, and then, of course, we have some New Testament references, but when Christ returns, uh, and of course he's going to set down on the Mount of Olives, then the saints are with him. All right. There is a revealing together then. All right. Now, so that that's definitely a part of this prophetic future event that's going to take place. There will be this grand manifestation and revealing of the bride, the body, here, uh, Romans, Paul, he's, one of the metaphors is the sons. Uh, everybody is going to realize who we are in connection with who he is. All right, right now, we're suffering with him uh, because he was despised and rejected. They didn't realize he was king, right? They didn't realize he was the Lord of Lords. <laughs> People did not realize who Jesus was because they looked upon this body that he had and were like, who are you? I mean, they were like, you're a king? Okay, wow. Right now, you and I are, are uh, participating with these sufferings. But but he goes on to say, he says, but these sufferings are nothing in light of what's going to happen in the future here. There will be a glory that will be revealed in us. The sufferings right now that you are enduring. Of course, if you're not born again, you don't have a clue what we're talking about. He's talking about people. He's only talking to those that have ears to hear. So we're literally, you don't understand any of this if you're not born again. 
but you are probably born again and you know exactly what I'm talking about. This groan within, listen, you're born again and you have prophetic promises that says that you will not have to live forever in this body, this corrupted body of mortality. But he's saying right now you're suffering, not under sickness, not under poverty, uh, not under sin. Come on, somebody. You're not suffering under sin. That was part of the substitutionary work. What are you suffering? Well, right now you're being despised and rejected of man too. They're looking on your body of mortality and going, who are you? They don't see the glory within. They're just looking on the natural. And he's saying, you're going to have to suffer a little bit because people are going to spit on you. They're going to despitefully use you. They're going to reject you. They're going to treat you with contempt. They do not know that you have a future uh, as a king and a priest. They don't realize that you've been betrothed to Jesus himself. You are the bride of Christ. They don't realize that. They're looking at your body and going, you're just nothing but a, you're, you're, you're nothing but dirt. Well, there's some truth to that as far as the body of flesh is concerned. This body, we're groaning within waiting for this body to be transformed. All right, this is what he's talking about here. He said, we're going to be glorified together. So ultimately, the, the glorification where we're glorified together is when Christ returns and everybody sees him and then they see the saints with him. Now, there is what we know as his appearing, and that's where he appears. The whole world doesn't see him. Thessalonians says this is where he gathers us unto himself. This is where we're harpazo. This is where we're raptured. We're caught up together with him. That's when our transfiguration takes place. And that's a part of the blessed hope as well. So let's dive into that right there because we're we're anticipating just being united with, with him. Now, full glorification together, that phrase is when everybody sees him and then sees the saints with him everybody's going to know who he is. Everybody's going to know who we are. But then there's something that we're anticipating now, and that's when he comes for us, his bride, and gathers us unto himself. Hallelujah, somebody. The Bible talks about that's when we're changed. Our bodies are changed right then. Hallelujah, because he's giving us, come on, the body into which he can bring us into that eternal realm. We can't get there in these bodies, friends. We can get uh, get into that eternal realm and then consummated together with him. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb where that consummation takes place. Hallelujah. Now, verse 18, Romans 8, 18. So these sufferings, are, are you able to endure a little bit here, to be despised and rejected? Listen, that man is not accepting of who you are. Man does not acknowledge your betrothal to Jesus. I'm talking about the natural world? Can you endure being rejected and despised? Can you endure the present age where the kingdom isn't just dominating everybody? Are you lusting after power and dominion that you are incapable of suffering being rejected right now? That's the question, friends. And if you're unable to suffer right now, you will cast off your inheritance. Don't do that. Don't be stupid. Listen, the devil's trying to lure you into so falling in love with this present age that that you're looking for any way to feel like you're the dominator. Oh, that's devilish. It's false doctrine. It's devilish. 
So he says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be, to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Ah, can you imagine? Oh, hallelujah. And, 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 and we will ultimately in its full sense be able to right wrongs. Oh, hallelujah. We don't have total dominion over everything everywhere right now, friends. That's why creation is anticipating this just like we are. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, who would have willingly went into this condition? Okay. But because of him who subjected it in hope. What hope? Our glorification together with him. Glorification, immortality, does not happen apart from him, friends. You cannot attain it outside of Christ. Some are trying, but it's not going to happen. At his appearing is when we'll be changed. All right, so it says um, creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22 for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now, or we could say even up till now. It's continuous until this event transpires. So he's not saying up till now because we've been revealed. No, he's saying even up till now, it continues. Verse 23, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, he says. We ourselves groan, eagerly waiting. Here it is the redemption of our bodies. Hallelujah. This is a part of the blessed hope right there. The redemption of our bodies is part of that blessed hope. The blessed hope is his appearing. The blessed hope is our harpazo. The blessed hope is our transfiguration. The blessed hope is our consummation. Hallelujah. Verse 24, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? If we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Let me ask you a simple question. Are you immortal right now? And the answer to that is, come on. No, you're not. Hallelujah. There's several ways that I could explain to you to prove that you are not immortal. In fact, let me give you one uh, little test right now. Get up right now and run at the nearest door as fast as you possibly can and see if you can run through it. If you cannot, listen, friends, you are not immortal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, listen, don't knock yourself out or break your nose, but um, that's one way to test it right there. All right, now let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're just doing a little bit of recap here, but this is very important because this is all part of our blessed hope. Some people are skewing all this up. Some people are robbing the hope. They're teaching falsities in and around this. They just need to get it corrected. They need to get it right, get it in its rightful place so that we have the right posture of anticipation. 2 Corinthians 5, 1, it says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, our present abode is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, or we could say uh, designed, for the heavens, 
this physical body, this body of mortality was not designed for, for the heavens. You cannot take this mortality into eternity. It will not work like that. Something's got to be changed. That's why you had to be born again. You can't go there without being born again. You cannot drag this body there. This body has to be changed. This is the blessed hope, the hope of our resurrection. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he's talking about, listen, if something happens to this body, you know that you've got a building, a house that has been prepared for you. Verse two, for in this temporary, this earthen body, this temporary tent, listen, your physical body, your, your physical body right now is temporary housing, okay? It's not designed to dwell in eternity. Uh, he said, for in this temporary body we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, this immortal body, which is from heaven. Verse three, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan. Uh, let me back up here to verse three. I, I, I just kind of flew past that. I've never really drawn attention to that. But let's talk about that for a second. To just be in the heavenlies right now, in a sense, uh, without your glorified body is to, what he's saying is to, in effect, we're naked. Uh, we're not clothed appropriately. Now, listen, there's nothing um, uh, immoral happening here, okay? Don't, don't, don't go to the gutter. But when he says naked, he said, really, these people, they've not been clothed yet. This is also the promise of the resurrection that the dead in Christ will rise first. If anybody who has been born again and they have passed from this life and they're in heaven right now, okay? The Bible says that their body is sleeping. No such thing as soul sleep. That's a whole nother thing. That's false doctrine. That's doctrine of devils. But they are present with the Lord right now. But he's saying, listen, in a sense, they're kind of naked right now. They have not received their glorified bodies yet. They're with him in the spirit. But their physical body that is awaiting, come on, what? This blessed hope where the dead in Christ, those who've gone on right now, who are in heaven right, right now, they shall rise first with glorified bodies. They will receive their glorified bodies before you and I do if we're alive at the Harpazo or at his appearing. Oh, my goodness, friends. This is fascinating. This is amazing because he said they are not destined to dwell there naked. No, 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 no. They shall be further clothed with what? A body that is designed to dwell in that realm, in the eternal realm. This is what he's talking about here in verse three. He said, if indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Nobody is going to be found naked um, after the rapture of the church. For verse four, for we who are in this tent, we groan. You ever experienced that groan? That's what we're talking about in the first, second podcast of this series. We're crying out, come, because none of this happens apart from his appearing. None, none of it, none of it. It's not going to happen apart from him. And we're groaning, come. We cry out, come, Lord Jesus, come, hallelujah. We're, 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 we're calling for the one we're betrothed to because it's in the fullness of his light in, in, as we see him face to face all these promises are fulfilled. Hallelujah. In this tent, body of mortality, we groan, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed. Verse four, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Verse five, now he 
who has prepared this very thing is God, who has also given us the spirit, this immortal, the life, the zoe inside within as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord for we walk by faith. Verse seven, not by sight. Listen, you don't look at this mortality and are led around by that. No, something within we're led by the spirit within verse eight. We are confident. Yes. Well, pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. All right, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, let's back up the verse six. I want to make a special emphasis on that verse. Notice what it says here. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. You are not 100% united with him, spirit, soul, and body. We've got the down payment of the Holy Ghost, and via the spirit, we are seated with him in the heavenly places, but we're not seated with him in the heavenly places physically. So this is a part, come on, of the blessed hope. This is a part, the final glorification of the church. We receive a body, come on, like his, that can physically sit right there with him. We're seated with him in the spirit. We're united with him there. Oh, but we're groaning, waiting to kick this body off. All right, let's see here. First Corinthians chapter 15, let's turn there. Look at verse 35. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? Now, they may not be meaning that mockingly or sarcastically, like I just said it, but but he said, some will say, how are the dead raised up? And watch this, with what body do they come? Verse 36, he said, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Verse 37, and what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. Verse 38, but God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. 1 Corinthians 15, 39. Look at verse 40. There are also, watch this, celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. Extraterrestrial, extra, (laughs) E-T. Verse 40, there are celestial bodies, there are terrestrial bodies, but the glory, watch this, of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now, verse 40 in the Amplified Classic says this, the beauty and the glory of the heavenly bodies is of one kind, while the beauty and glory of earthly bodies is a different kind. Verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. Verse 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The physical body is sown in corruption. 
yet it is raised, but yet it is raised in incorruption. All right, now, a couple of things to add to that is it's raised imperishable. It is raised immune to decay. Listen, it'll be the total opposite of mortality, which is, come on, immortality. This is what he's talking about. The physical body is sown in corruption. It is sown mortal, but it shall be raised immortal. That's what he's saying. Verse 43, watch this. It is sown in dishonor. Now, I'm going to add a, add a thought here that um, it, it is sown in humiliation, basically. Your natural body is a body of humiliation, okay? Uh, it is fallen. Now, praise God that he limited, restricted, confined, maybe we should say, certain things to that body. Once it is sown, praise God, all of that is sown. All dishonor, okay, all decay, all mortality is restricted with it. Praise God, you want that thing uh, to be sown in the ground. Oh, praise God. We don't want any other, you know, if there was all these other uh, elements that were disassociated with it, but yet connected, related, but disassociated, uh, or related, but disconnected. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say, we'd have to make sure all of it got in the ground. Praise God, it's all in this one seed, if you will. So it's sown in dishonor, it's sown in humiliation, but it is what? It is raised in honor. It is raised in what? Here's, here's, the, here's the, the exact word that's being used here. It is raised in glory. Remember, we go from glory to glory. We Excuse me. We have not obtained full glorification, not until our bodies are resurrected or uh, if you're alive at his appearing, meaning literally you haven't died before. Okay. Those who have died before, the Bible says their bodies are simply asleep. They're present with the Lord right now. But listen, something's going to be raised up from the ground. That body of mortality is going to be resurrected. Those who have died before you and I, if we're alive at his appearing, those who have died before, they're, they're going to be raised first. They're going to receive their glorified bodies first. But here's what I want you to see is this is a capstone of glorification. And it says, it shall be raised in glory. It was sown in weakness, but it will be raised or resurrected in what? In great power. Listen, some people are claiming that power today in the present age before they've received their mortal body. It's just not true, friends. I wish it was true. Remember in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, remember Paul said these guys, these false apostles came in teaching people that they were already kings. They were already revealed as sons and immortal right now. He said, oh, I wish it was so because he said, then I would be reigning with you. But he said, but I'm not reigning right now. And so neither are you. And then he gave kind of an expose here uh, as to why literally this moment has not transpired yet. But oh, friends, can you feel the groan? I mean, when you read these prophetic promises, can you sense that cry on the inside? Yes. Oh, when is this going to happen? Because right now we're having to put this body under all the time. It's constantly trying to draw our attention to something natural, fallen, dishonorable, 
soon, though, friends. We're going to kick this thing off. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And those who have gone on before, they will receive their glorification first. Praise God. They're going to be honored that, that way. This thing is going to be sown in weakness, but I'm telling you, when it's resurrected, it will be resurrected in power. Hallelujah. Ah! Now, we have a down payment of that power, but we're not operating in the fullness yet. Verse 44, it is sown, come on, what? A natural body. It is raised a what? If you're following along, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, he said in verse 44, and there is a spiritual one. There is one of mortality. There is one of immortality. Verse 45, and so it is written, the first uh, man, Adam, became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Verse 46, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural is first. And then afterward, the spiritual 47, the first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. Wow. Are you hearing what's being said here? Verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Listen, that goes back to Romans at the revealing of the sons of God, those who bear his image. That hasn't happened yet. Now, you have been stamped internally, but nobody can see that externally right now. And, you know, all this was done intentionally. This is by design, friends. This is by design. In fact, 1 Corinthians, was it chapter 4? Uh, let's see. Let me get that. You know where he talks about that the glory is within. It's been hidden in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of what? May be of God and not of man there is oh there is some truth there you know part of our our work right now is humility <laughs> uh we're uh suffering with christ excuse me that was second corinthians chapter four i was looking for that verse seven but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god not of us there's something about our conduct in this present age you can't go around acting. See, because you, you can't do it right. If you still have this body of mortality, you can't wield this kind of power appropriately. We just, there's, there's too many things working against it. The lust of the flesh would cause us to just dominate man and draw all that glory to ourselves. No, no, no. No flesh, he said, will receive glory. That's in uh, Corinthians. No flesh will glory in his presence it's not going to happen until totally changed so at first we bore the image of man but this blessed hope we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man verse 50 now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption verse 50 
one. We're out of time, so we'll close here. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Meaning some people will literally be alive at his appearing. Not everybody's going to die before that day. Some, maybe you and I, I don't know, will be alive. Verse 52, and in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the last trumpet of the this dispensation. He's not talking about the trumpets in Revelation. Verse 53, he said, at the last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible or immortal, and we shall all be changed. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory hallelujah friends i hope you got some out of that this is all part of our blessed hope hey listen if we can partner with you in prayer it would be our honor to do so you can call us 870-741- 9099. Leave a message. Somebody will respond to you or send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Again, one of our prayer partners will respond back to you. It's our privilege to join together, believing God with you, my friends. Hey, thank you for tuning in. I hope your hope has been stirred. Hallelujah for what is about to transpire shortly. Jesus said, I'm coming soon, friends. Hallelujah. I hope he finds you in preparation for that day. Again, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.